0: hey everyone welcome to savage to sage where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs in this show we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage welcome back everyone to savage to sage this is daniel the host and today i have the pleasure of being joined by Tony Selzo. He's the chief vision officer at Seamless. He's been a founder and investor in multiple companies. And I also had the joy of him helping me design and produce Savage to Sage. So he's been kind of the brains behind the show. And so for like a pilot episode, I just wanted to have him on. So welcome, Tony. Yeah, I know
1: about the brains. I think we both, uh, you know, um, just saw uh, such a a path and a vision for what we go through as, as founders, right? And, and it was so consistent with what you, your value that you guys have at full stack and, you know, my evolution and, you know, what I've done from a coach to, it just, it just kind of came together. So I I would say more pull the genius out of the room is what I got the the ability to to do.
0: Yeah. I like how you describe that. Um, And I just was, I'm actually sitting in the room where we did that vision session to record today. And I was, I'm remembering back, we were wearing those face shields and, and sweating, um, crazy and you know, it was definitely endurance to get through a matched meeting, but I like what we came up with despite the, the, that challenge. So
1: despite despite 90 degrees and and all the above, right? (laughs) Right.
0: Exactly. Think about, you know, savage to sage for yourself. Like why has, why is the concept so meaningful to you from, from your story and journey?
1: Well, you know, God, what a good question. Um, I'll try to keep it as succinct as possible. I, I, you know, I've been, I've been a personal development junkie. Um, I I think that the, that um, businesses don't grow unless people do. And, and that has been really, um, you know, what I've done as a coach, what I've done as, as I've tried to learn how to build teams, what I've learned as I've learned how to talk to investors that are, that are going to you know you know part with you know their their money from an opportunity cost that they have to other opportunities you really you really start to understand that the the more you know yourself the more you get to really understand your strengths and your weaknesses the better you are at at leading and walking through that process and i think from a technology standpoint which has been your space and at full stack and what we have been doing you know over the last two decades because you can grow so fast, right, Daniel, and because you can scale, you know, when you're building a product and you're renting code, right, as we jokingly say, um, you have to go through the evolution really in, in, in six to seven years, a lot of times, if you're, if you're launching a really successful business and, and it's, it, it's taxing, right? It's, it's, um, it wears on your guts. And I think that's part of the, uh, the evolution is, you know, I mean, I, I just met a guy, just, just quick aside, who's a freaking genius. And I got to introduce him to you. Um, um, he's going to, has really built his own product. He's got his own company. He's built five different versions of this product. He's a genius. Like, I've seen these guys coming down the path two decades, and I know they're going to do something really great. But he's got a, an evolution to really go through. And that and that's just, uh, it's just it's just a, an amazing path. I think that we both have watched and try to, you know, try to be scaffolding for these guys that, that are, that are doing this stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. W- w- when you share that, I think back to kind of the beginning of my evolution and that was having experienced burnout as a young, a young entrepreneur founder, you know, tempted to stand something up for the first time and not having boundaries because I was just so passionate. And, um, so I'm curious for you when when you think about like describing your savage days or maybe telling a story about those savage days like the beginning of your evolution as an entrepreneur what what were they like and what's a, sto- a good story you have to tell about that
1: Well you know I'm back at it right I mean I've been I've been a um I've I've been the guy on the other end you know I've sold a couple companies and now I I I I always forget how hard startup is right and and, uh, you know, you go back and you live that, that the savage. I, there's some kind of masochism going on there that we probably need to deal with on, <laughs> on a couch somewhere. Right. Um, you know, which is, you know, it, it, you know, half truth and half joking. But um, but, you know, what what it's amazing is, is as you do it, as um, you evolve and you and especially with the last year, right, with what Corona thrown at a lot of us you really have to get an understanding of your drives and what motivates you. And, you know, my, I've always had this, this, you know, back in my coaching days, I've always said that people have, you know, three drives. They have an intrinsic drive, they have an internal drive and they've got an external drive. And, and really the dialogue that you have with yourself, the story that you get to align your family, your friends, your religion, your mission, your vision, you know, working 70, 80 hours a week. Um, it changes the, it makes it go from I'm uh, feeling burned out to I'm, I'm, I'm on path, I'm on mission and I'm here, I'm doing what I'm here to do. That's all internal work, man. That is all internal work. I call it alignment, right? I mean, you know, there's plenty of guys out there smarter than me, like Dan Pink and Victor Frankel that talk about how to define meaning and, and to be on purpose. Uh, but I think that's what we're talking about uh, when you really get down to it. And it's not a popular to talk about that when you're when you're doing a, a technology play that that is supposed to create value for your investors. But when you're a guy that's trying to manage, you know, your family, your your the your a new job like you've gone through, I mean, like you didn't sell anything before you came to full stack. And I've watched you just evolve and and, and become, uh, you know, a uh, uh, you know, a ninja when it comes to that um, from a sales process standpoint. And that's that's you just have to commit to be to be, to go through the process, right? I think that's part of what we're, what is, what is it just being comfortable, uncomfortable all the freaking time, right? So you can find that alignment, right? So you're always searching for it. And then it, and it comes in fading instances and then you're all uncomfortable all over again, right?
0: Yeah. Is that fair? It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, like, what are the other <laughs> options that people choose in the savage stage besides, you know, doing the internal work. Like, I mean, when I, when I think of it, it's, you know, they either choose to just avoid it. And it's like, I'm just going to pour my whole self into this work and growing the business. And you just kind of avoid the internal work or the internal work is just so much in your face. And it's so painful and overwhelming that you just like, you just give up and you can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm curious, you know, for you, what like what was it that like just forced you to focus on that internal work?
1: Well, I have a very, I had a very good coach early on, um, uh, Jim Zarvos. Uh, there's uh, you, Zarvos Coaching is another guy we should have on here. Um, just a genius when it comes to getting other people in the places they need to be, and he talks about the end conversation, right? And and I think what we operate in as um, as entrepreneurs, and what we operate in as people, is we 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 think we got to make this happy, or we got to make that happy, right? We got to take care of our family, or we got to take care of our business. We got we've gotta, we've gotta um, uh, find fun, or or we've gotta, or we've gotta do business development on the pipe, right? You know, this morning I I, I was playing indoor golf with. Uh, a couple of prospects and I got a verbal on, on, you know, on, in a nice contract for us. Right. I, I've got a, in conversation, I love to play golf and I need to grow my business. Right. It, how do we make that happen at the same time? And I think we get caught in or right. We, we, we we don't charge the brain to create the creativity of how do I have more of my life and, and how do I have my family involved and how do I how do I uh, feel like I'm giving both, and I'm doing that in an and conversation rather than an or, right? It's the, and and he he uh, he gave he challenged me that I was thinking in too many ors, um, that you know that I you know I I you know eight ten years ago I didn't play any golf, you know I didn't I didn't have any I I didn't do anything, work was work and fun was fun. And I didn't blend it on any level, and I think that's I think that's where we got to get more creative as as people that are that are you know going to live on mission. And it's like you only got one life here, right? And so you've got to figure out those in conversations that that get you not you know that make you fulfilled and bring energy, so you're not burning out.
0: Yeah, and actually that just unlocked a, something for me. I need to write down because it's like that's probably my biggest challenge right now. Is like how do I how do I do this? How do I do home? You know, how do those overlap and integrate? Um, because I'm someone that naturally would just rather them be like completely separate. But you know, that yep. Well, and, and we try to do it by yourself,
1: right, Dan? Right. Yeah. You, you you try to solve those problems by yourself. You don't you don't share it with a coach, you don't share it with consultation, you don't know, you you don't brainstorm, you know, mastermind, you don't talk to other people that are going through the same thing that you're doing. And, and that, you know, and that's, you know, I mean, the Bible says that the, the, you know, the, the devil comes after you, like a lion comes after a lamb and the, and li- the, the lion doesn't go after the lamb that's, that is wounded. It goes by the lamb that's by himself, right? It's the one in the wave. And I think that's, you know, that's part of our challenge is like we try as entrepreneurs, we bait our chest and we think we're, we're in this by ourselves, but no one has ever built a billion-dollar business by themselves. No one's ever built a hundred million-dollar business by themselves, a ten million-dollar business by themselves. No one's even built a million-dollar business by themselves. So you gotta do it together, and and you you gotta you gotta you know put those problems out there and 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 make it a, a crowdsourced kind of problem to solve.
0: Yeah, I it. This strikes me, you know, on the path to evolution from Savage to Sage, you know, we talk a lot about, and you mentioned it earlier, self-awareness and then that other piece of like, who are you surrounding yourself with? And that to me helps so much with self-awareness because, you know, people reflect back to us things that, you know, we don't really see and know about ourselves. Um, So I'm just curious if there is an example for you of like something that, you know, insight that you uncovered about yourself that um, you know, really propelled you in, in your evolution?
1: Yeah, well, man, uh, this is a big question, right? I mean, um, every, you know, I, I, am a firm believer that, that you are the sum of the people you spend your time, you know, the, f- the five people you spend your time with the most, right. And, 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 you know, there are several times in my career, in fact, just through two to three years ago, and in this year, even more immediately, where you, you know, I, like, i that's not an average I want to have in my number. Right. Um, and it's inconvenient and it's uncomfortable and it's not fun to have those conversations. And, you know, and, 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 you know, there's a, there, there's, you have to ask yourself, what's the payoff I'm getting by keeping this close to me. You know, sometimes a lot of times the payoff is, is comparatively you look really good. Right. You, if you're, if you're a, um, if you're, you know, um, you know, a a five on generosity and you're comparing yourself to somebody that's a one, you look like a hero, right? But if you're, if you're compared to somebody who's an eight, you look like you need to pick up your game. And I, and I've found that over and over, right? It's like, um, you know, one of the, litmus test that I, I, you know, I, you know, are, are you a learner? Are you, are you, you know, how hard do you work? You know, how, you know, what, you know, are you the, Are you? Do you do you pass passion? You know, and energy, right? And and a lot of times, we we allow relationships to get in our lives that that aren't empowering to get us where we want to go, and and it's 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 hard to make the, the decision for deletion, right? But I think it's important. I think it's something we got to do often. Um, And, and, and to challenge ourselves, you know, why is this person, why did I allow this, you know, to get into my, my realm, right? And, you know, what am I, how am I showing up if that's what I made? Okay. Which is what I always ask myself, right? It's like, well, you know, what am I doing? So that's part of that, that um, understanding and getting awareness around yourself, I think.
0: Yeah. I think our, somewhat our culture too has made self-awareness and a sexy, like, oh, look at, all these unique aspects of my personality, but at least for me in the entrepreneurial journey, like when I think of self-awareness, I think of some of the most painful realizations or revelations about myself that are, are not helpful for me, for our business, for my relationships. And so, um, so that's where, you know, that's where that internal work of, and offering a lot of grace to yourself and you know, receiving it from other people, I think, is is really important.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just even this year, right? We've 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 all got a lot more um, more introverted because of the nature of this of you know what COVID's done to our culture, right? We're we're trying to do things that we used to do in other people's presence, right? Where we could read bio, we could be their, their biology beyond, you know, what they're saying on a conference call, right? I mean, they're, that was reading an article about how many, you know, the percentage of people that are doing some other activity when they're in a zoom, right? You know, whether it's um, golfing or mowing the lawn, and they're, and they're having a, they're held accountable to be involved and engaged and collaborative, right? I, I think that's, I think that we made a lot of those things, you know, okay to be, kind of in our world and insulate it. And, and and then everybody is, you know, it's, you know, we do have a little bit of this, rightly so, where we're trying to embrace differences in everybody there. There's a big difference between being different and being difficult, you know what I mean? And, you know, our one of the, our core values is user-friendly um, uh, to everybody, right? Like be user-friendly, be a user-friendly human being. Like, what does that mean? Well, that means that, you know, you, you pretty much accept that, you know, you're going to have your flaws and you're going to need your reboots and you're going to need your, your, um, your, 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 faux pas are going to, are going to cause, um, you know, conflict with others. Right. And how do you manage that? Not, not how do you fix others to be around you? It's how do you fix yourself to be more user friendly to everybody else? And I think that's part of it, right. Is that's that self-awareness thing that we're all in the path of trying to, to get to, it's like, you know, I'm, yeah, I mean the only the only thing I really have control in is how this shows up, right? And and what is that, you know, what is that making around me? Um, if I'm having conflict, there's probably there's probably 90 I can be responsible for 90% of I can be responsible of 100% of what I cause in that conflict, right? And so that's that's part of I think the the evolution. There's there is a there's a push I think what's dangerous with the social media driven world is the, the the lack is the the push to have somebody else blame for what you are causing in this world, right? And that's scary. Um, it's not it's not good for for anybody, right? So yeah, I don't. And that's a uh, it's a that's a whole conversation right there, right? You know, as it relates to what we're doing in the evolution of, a, of an entrepreneur, it's like the more that they can be responsible for the world that they're creating, the more they have the ability to solve the problems that they're facing every day, which change at a velocity that, especially on the technology side that, you know, it's almost inhuman, right? I mean, the brain's not wired to, 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 to get that fast, that smart, that fast, right? I mean, like, like, like you know, I like, you know, read a lot about Bezos, right? And I mean, it, 10 years ago, he was, you know, 15 years ago, he was running a business that was losing money, right? Now he's the, one of the most powerful people in the world with what he does. Can you really go through that much evolution mentally that fast? You know, that's a challenge, right? Who, how many people have ever done that before? You know, seven or eight on earth, you know, I mean, his, his, his psychiatric bill ought to be significant and nothing else, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, mine is, uh, is growing here. Um, just because like, I think entrepreneurship, it brings that out. It brings things to the light, you know, that were otherwise covered. And yeah, like I hear you saying, it's just so important to be transparent and vulnerable and, you know, figure out like how I like that idea of becoming more user friendly. Um, And that, that kind of leads me to that next point that we see in the evolution of like surrounding yourself with, with a team. Like you said, you can't, you can't be the sole reason, you know, a, a company is successful. So what have you learned about who you need to surround yourself especially you know when you think of like the early stage you know it's the idea is being birthed you're starting to sell your first clients like what what are you looking for in in people that you're going to surround yourself with
1: well you know um it's taken me 15 years to figure this out and um i've i i i can i can get a business to two to three million dollars in revenue um as good as anybody and um and the the to twine and duct tape that that is built, you know, that's wrapped together in order to get that is is stressful for me and the employees that are involved. You know, um, I'm a I'm a visionary. I've always been that I, I'm I'm good at seeing seven, seven to 10 chess moves ahead. But but that's part of the problem with that, Daniel, is that is the bleeding edge. And I mean, and, and when you're on the bleeding edge, you do bleed <laughs> like they're like you bleed cash, you bleed. You bleed because you made mistakes. You bleed because, you know, the, the technology wasn't there. I mean, um, and I could give you example after example. Um, but but what I've learned the hard way and just coaching others and watching their my faux pas live in their world, right, and go, that's me to a T, right? I do that, you know, um, is that, that um, I need an integrator. I need a person to hold in check the 10 ideas that I have every day to tell me the one that's genius that we're going to implement and, and execute. And I think that is, you know, that's the, it's, you know, you and I have been talking traction speak for a while. I know you guys have used 90.0 and it's, and that's, that is part of it. It's just that like, our, what side of that are you on? And, and, and the flip side of that, what's so powerful about that is like visionaries and integrators are going to have conflict every day. Like, it's just, it is, you are, you're wired for conflict. You are, this is like, like, you know, like Dave Miller is my COO, drives me nuts. I know I drove him nuts this morning already on a call. And he just looks at, like, how do you do all this shit? And I'm like, why are you this far behind me? I got to have that. And, and, and if, if I'm going to build a you know, 10, 15, 100 million dollar company, though, I got to, he's got to have me and I got to have him. And so part of this acceptance, I think, that we go through is like you're you're not a whole human being. It's much like a marriage. Right. It's like you're looking for your other side and you're looking for the other aspects. You know, when you even get to 10 and 15 million, like like I'm not a CFO nor would I ever want to be. Right. I'm not a I'm not a COO nor would I ever want to be. And, you know, so you when you said my title was chief vision officer, specifically not CEO, um, because I'm not sure I want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure that that's my my role, and I'm 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 okay with that. Uh, I think that's that's you know that's 20 years ago to figure that out. There's there was black hair when I thought I could do all that right, and uh and I think that's part of that is the evolution that that you're in and I'm in is just is like constantly going. You know where do I glow? Go where I glow. How do I create abundance? How do I s- surround myself with these levers that are, that are a lot of times humans. Cause, cause you know, when I, you know, it, it, I've done a thousand assessments with, with entrepreneurs over the last 25 years. And when I find, and when I help somebody understand what their talents are and what they're, you know, when I can talk to them about what they, what drives them nuts about others and where they have conflict. And, and then, and I can talk to the other people in their life that they've determined they needed and how to manage that. And they can look at each other like, Holy shit. You know, I, I my job's not to fix you. My job is to leverage you and to to do that. You just you watch like epiphanies happen, right? Breakthroughs happen, and and it's just I think that's part of, of teaming, right? It, you, you can't you can't you can't do what exact target did, you know, with one guy, right? You can't do what um, Max IT did with one guy. It was a team. It was a team of probably seven, eight people, you know, fifteen that got that thing to the next level and that created abundance for everybody. And that, and that's 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 not what we sell people on the front end of entrepreneurship, right? You know, we sell hustle. We sell get out there and you know we we you know grind, right? Get on your grind, right? We sell, but that's not ultimately what you're going to end up doing, which is why the evolution is so powerful, right? It's so hard.
0: That's that's exact, exactly right. And you mentioned ego. I think one of the biggest revelations for me is a lot of times when we think of ego, we think of the person that's, you know, the prideful, you know, a hole that is just telling everyone how it is. And, you know, it's all about them. But, you know, I think and you've done so many assessments with entrepreneurs, you realize that ego takes so many different forms. You know, for me, it would be like, if I could get away from as much conflict as possible, and just have this, you know, internal peace and everything works together, well, everyone works together, well, that's my ego is that I, I think that that's possible and I want that, you know, more than anything else. But, you know, like, as you know, conflict is the, one of the greatest drivers of like what brings success and what brings, you know, unity. And, um, and so I would just be curious for you to hear like from you, like what, what sorts of egos do you think are the biggest like blockers from, you know, a team really working
1: well you know you mentioned that like a fear of conflict right i mean that is um you know being a coach you're pushing people to conflict in order to make breakthroughs like there's there's a line we use that there's no breakthroughs without breakdowns right you know coaching a lot of people that that don't want any conflict they would look at conflict as a negative result of of the of what the organization is trying to do is, is interesting. Right. And I just read, I, I read something yesterday and I'm like, even processing whether or not I, I like it and, but it sounded true. So I'm going to share it with you. It's like, um, uh, honest conflict drives clarity of purpose. And I'm like, oh man, that's freaking, I I mean, I'm like, is that right? You know, did, does it, it's out. I mean, some of me goes, that's powerful and true, but some of that is like, yeah, I mean, maybe somebody's searching for that. Right. But when you deal with teams and you you deal with people that have different talents, you know, so we use a Colby assessment as I give you a specific example. And I I coach a guy for five years, and um we, we grew his company from three million to five point five, right? Pretty solid growth for a he was in the title space, uh, title industry. He was ex- he was more than happy with that. I thought we could have grown him a lot faster, right? And and finally, about four years into the deal, I we got him to take a Colby test with all of him and his leadership. And he hired every human being in his leadership was exactly like him, like to a T. Right. I was a, the most different human being than him that, that had any kind of leadership role in the organization. And I was just a coach that met with him for four hours a, a month. And what was funny, it's like you just kept hiring yourself. You, you just avoid conflict on every level. And you kept hiring people that would looked exactly like you. And it was just, and here it wasn't black and white and data, right? It was like, couldn't argue with it, right? And it was so powerful for him to, to see that. And he, in after seeing it and me making recommendations of the type of people he needed to have on staff, he still didn't make the change, right? Because the ego was the enemy and, and, you know, probably never got over six million at, at this point, to this day. Uh, I just, it, that's the kind of stuff that, that we, we, we our comfort zones are meant to be un, are meant to be expanded um so so you know i do think we're i do think there is acceptable you know peace right i don't think that you need to have people in your world that that's all they do right and they're you're never finding that but i do think there is there is people that got to push you out um and stretch you that that that's a balance
0: yeah for sure that's and that example is really good i think um my team would probably agree that's what would happen if i i was in charge and hired a bunch of me it would just be like this slow like steady steady growth um but um yeah thankfully we're as we grow we're hiring people and growing with just such different personalities and so um yeah that's
1: i, I guarantee you dave the the, the 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 we're on wednesday right and i i know i pushed dave out of his stress comfort zone you know, for eight hours of the last, seven, you know, the last 72, you know, and, and, and consequently he's driven me nuts, you know, we um, the, the, the other side. But I think that's part of it. It's like getting comfortable. I really do think there is a comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, knowing that that's where the growth comes from. Like the, you know, if you look at anything, it grows when it's under stress, whether it's a muscle or an organism, it has to, you know, there's too much stress, which causes, you know, um, which causes some kind of inflammation, and then there's the kind of stress that that causes growth. Right? We're trying to create for each other stress that causes growth, and and um, and that and 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 the flip side of that, which is something we didn't talk about, and I think this is something you would that you guys do naturally, and I'm just going to speak to you full stack. It's like creating a safe environment for growth. You know, leadership. That's where leadership is really being challenged today. It's right. How do you make it sure it's safe to be uncomfortable and not to be okay knowing what you're trying to accomplish or knowing what goals you've been given that, that, you know, you don't know how to necessarily get done because you've never done it before. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, it is fair. Yeah. And I want to wrap up with a, a few like quick questions. One is just as culture is such a buzzword and yet like, it's so essential for a team to function, you know, well by with typically the, you know, the chief visionary, chief integrator being intentional about building culture and, and having values that, you know, undergird that culture. Um, I'm just, I'm curious what you would give as advice when, you know, people want to go just beyond the buzzword of like, yeah, we have a culture and these are our five values. Like, what would you tell them in terms of like, how do you be intentional about it and prioritize it?
1: You gotta, you gotta have the commandments written. Right. And, you know, I mean, and they probably, they, they don't sound like everybody, integrity. I mean, like, you know, like we have high integrity, we have you know customer service, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, if you, if you can't remember them um, because they're not memorable, right. Then you've got a challenge. Um, you also have to be, you have to be an internal customer of your own culture. Right? You have to watch people, you know, you have to watch the emails that go back and forth. You have to watch the Slack channels that go back and forth. You have to watch, you know, are, are they creating a safe environment for people to fail? If we're calling people out, if we talk about it, yet we, we, you know, we chime in that that's a stupid idea or we're we're not, you know, one of the, the hardest things for people to do is put out a shitty idea so you can get a good idea. Right. I mean, Einstein said, if you want a great idea, you gotta come up with a hundred. Right. So so somebody's willing to be to to create the idea that's born drowning. So there's something genius. Don't don't shoot them. Don't shoot the messenger, which is a great, a great example, because I deal with that every day. And I, and I think that's part of it, too. But you just really have to be a student of your of your of of watching people and how how communication is happening and whether or not you're measuring to it. Like finding instances where there's teachable moments where, hey, that wasn't very user friendly. Let's talk about how that wasn't it. And here's one of our core values, right? And it's this and that. You know, we're in a business, you know, doing innovation consulting on a lot of technology where, you know, our clients are wrong. Like they're just dead wrong. They think something is um, is the way it is, and we have to help them understand that it's it's different from what they think it is. Um, you don't make a lot of money telling clients are wrong. You know what I mean? You know, like, like being like, I always say that you can be right and great, but you can't be both. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, like, what, do we want to be right or do we want to be great? Like let's just take responsibility for why there's mutual mystification here. If the client doesn't understand we were supposed to educate them and we didn't handle this right. It's so much easier to do that than to try to correct somebody. You know what I mean? The best thing can ever happen is a client realizes like six weeks later, you know, I was probably wrong with that whole thing. And, you know, we sh- probably should have did it that way. Yeah, that's okay. But we got through it. You know, they look at the, the level of trust when you can let somebody fail and realize they made a mistake in your environment because you're holding that is so high, you know, and, but how many of us want to sacrifice their ego, right? And, and see, so you see the, the, the email ping pong that goes back and forth where you're trying to, you know, people are trying to, you know, prove that they're right. I, I just, It's just, it's, it's like, what are we doing? You know, I mean, is that, that's not our core value. It's user-friendly, man. Like, you know, so I think that's part of it. I think it's measure and manage, right? Um, It's, you know, uh, a friend of mine would say trust and verify. You trust that people are doing the best thing that they can, but verify that they're doing it. And, and I think those create those teachable moments, right? Um, I think culture is, is, is hard to measure, but it's easy to feel if that makes sense right it feels wrong then it's wrong if you're if you're if you have if you're in the middle of it and you're an executive that's that it do, you just don't think this is what you're trying to do you're you know there that is seven dominoes down that there's already problems that, that need to go if you're measuring against it and it feels good and uh, you're looking for those KPI that that um that make those differences then you can really understand what's you know what's going to drop I had one of the best leaders that's ever that I've ever worked for. Was my first, uh, you know, my first CEO as a as a restaurant guy, and he was able to take a litmus test of the culture of the restaurants we were working. And it was so genius when you when I explained it to you, he he would he said, same store comp revenue is the number one n- number we need to look at, and what that meant was how many times the restaurant employees were using their employee discount if they liked where they worked they would bring their friends, they would come in before their shift and they would use their discount because it was a, our turnover. It was a, it was a leading indicator to what turnover would be. It was a leading indicator, what revenue would be. And it was genius. It measured culture. I think mere challenge does C is C level executives to find those things that are leading indicators and measure how well we're doing as a culture. Turnover was one, but that's a lagging indicator, right? Um, um, you know, I, I was, there, there was a large nonprofit in town that was, that hired us to do some work and we pulled some analytics and they were, they thought they had a problem with millennial, um, um, hiring and maintaining millennial workforce. And they had built this whole problem out the millennial. And what we found out after doing some analysis of their work, um, uh, their, their workforce is that they had three or four managers that were just pissing off everybody that was young and they were driving them to other stores. Right. It was three out of five thousand employees that were causing this massive shift in their entire workforce, and so so yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta measure it, and you gotta you've got to you know you got to be able to communicate what you're measuring against.
0: Yeah, so good. Yeah, thank you for all that depth of insight. Final question: You know we we like to talk about how you you get to that sage spot by knowing kind of these. A lot of these things we're talking about within the business, but then also knowing what it, what you need to recharge, you know, outside of the business. And I'm just curious, what have you found to be like the most effective use of time for you to, to really recharge your battery? Over the years, it's
1: changed for me, but one of the ones I always go back to, it's like, if I feel unabundant, I, I, I challenge myself to ask what I'm giving, you know what I mean? you know, I go to my clients and, and I'll say, what am I doing? Not, you know, can I create more value for my clients? I'll go to my employees and say, what are the problems that they're working on and how do I create more for them? It, it, it is, it is an energizing effect. Giving is an energizing effect to, to, to find more energy and receiving. And, and, you know, I, I don't think that's, you know, I know that I'm, I'm not seeing anything that anybody would, 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 um, would find, but systemically doing it just, putting yourself in a box going, okay, you know, how do I how do I create a more abundance for these players? If this if I've got my box has got this type, well, let let me let me create more in this box and see what happens. Um, I think that's part of it. Um, I think that's one of the that's the one that's always worked. I mean, there's been you know, I've done I've I've spent time where I worked on the you know, I've said I'm going to lock myself in a hotel room and get out for four days and work on the business that works half the time. Right. I've spent some time where I've said I need to I need to, you know, do a one on one all day with one of my key clients. That's worked uh, part of the time. The one that's always worked is going back to saying, how do I serve more of the people that God's given me to serve? Right. I mean, and if if I if you go back there, whether it's your internal customers, which I would argue are your employees or your external customers, which are the people that that are giving you money for value, if you go back and say, you know, what can I do? How do I do more? there's always abundance that comes out of that Yeah. for you and them.
0: Yeah, that's good. What about for fun, you know, like com- just complete fun that is recharging?
1: Um, well, I love, I mean, I love to cook and entertain, right? I mean, um, um, you know, I, I still believe in the long, slow dinner. Um, some of my best relationships uh, and business clients that, you know, spend over two and a half, three decades are came from when they remember when they were at my house and, and I made them something. Right. Um, you know, I mean I got a vowel at the end of my name, so that's part of where, you know, food is part of our culture. Um, and I think that's I think that is I think that's gonna be more important. Uh, a, a lot more important with this post COVID world. We're gonna treasure those times in much greater ways. Um, um, you know, we used to do it uh, we used to have a. um Use a do white cloth dinner for some of our key clients when I had rainmakers way back in the day. And it was just a special thing, right? People just, felt, you know, I, I there's a there, there, how to feel special is not, you know, an Instagram post or a or a or a mention on a social post. I think there's there's people are going to be looking for a lot more genuine uh, connectivity with each other. And 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 the people who do that will create. A lot more energy, and so yeah, and it's just an easy way for for you know me to recharge.
0: Yeah, that's good. I'll I'll look out for an invite once we get out of the week. I I knew that was
1: coming, right? So (laughs) so I got a killer homemade pesto, you know. So as long as you is and I'm not I'm not I haven't quite got my pasta game up to the place where I would subject that to you, but but I can other I got a few go to that that knock your socks off.
0: Awesome, man. Well. if p- anyone that listened today wants to get in touch with you and seamless where would you point them yeah
1: tselzo T S C E L Z O at seamless.com ceemles s.com right you know if bring us your your growth innovation problems your business process innovation problems or your or or your new product innovation i mean that's really where we we shine um but just happy to be a part of this man i think the i think the i think it's i think there's a thousand more people that need to be on this evolution and really tell their story because there's some really kick ass stories out there. Um, you know, I, I think I, I just got Tim, I just got a mic on Tim S. Grover, who, who's the, uh, who's the guy who was Michael Jordan's trainer and, uh, um, has written a book called relentless. And when you hear his story about talking, talking about savage this age, Man, is it awesome, right? So we need to get those kind of guys in here talking about this stuff because it's a, it's um, you know, you're, we're not in this by ourselves, and there are people that have that have blazed the path and gone through every problem that you think that you, you've you've been in um, by yourself. And just I, I think that's the that's part of the tribe you're building, right? I think that's part of the value of full stack and what you're doing for the 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 sea level executives that that are that are you know are are throwing their hat in with you, um, you know, both from a uh, the you know the the business process outsourcing of employee management to you know all the value that you create beyond that it's just it's a, it's it's a network that that needs to be built and and when they see what you're what what's going on it's like it's a no-brainer we need scaffolding to build big things and full stacks one of them that is a must have for these guys that are trying to do big things
0: yeah thanks for saying that i appreciate that and really appreciate you and thankful for your time today to be on the show and yeah look forward to the next time we get to connect
1: yeah can't
0: wait thank you for listening to today's interview to view show notes or hear more episodes please visit www.savagetosage.com